You know what, Robert? Fuck you and everybody who live in your house, ho. Okay, buddy. Hey y'all, I wanted to kick it off with a string of some of the wonderful uh, racist terms we learned <laughs> watching this episode, but I don't want to get canceled. So welcome back to the Boondocks podcast. Today we are reviewing the banned and often forgotten episode, The Story of Jimmy Rebel, in which Ruckus finds a musical match in a racist country Western singer. Can this ebony and ivory match live together in perfect harmony? But before that, how y'all living? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I had an amazing week last week and now I'm back here. So <laughs> last week I was living great. <laughs> I mean, this week, I'm very happy to be back home with Dean because that's been the best thing about being back home. But I'm definitely ready to move out of this house. So how far along are you guys packing? It's not the packing that we're having to wait for right now. There's some legal stuff with my nephews because the youngest might be changing. Well, mm, might might mm, can't really talk about it right now. About that yeah, particular fine. part, but uh, there is a chance that I will have both my nephews with us. So, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> How about you, MJ? I'm good. I am fantastic. Um, you know, um, family shit last week, and then like I told you guys, yeah. I ended up having a great, you know, surprise with a very good friend, um, hubby's fraternity brother that showed up on us. He got us good. I'll just say that. Um, surprised us. And then it was our 16th wedding anniversary last Friday. So mm-hmm. we celebrated during the long weekend. And uh, yeah, oh. you know, everybody getting back to the norm. So, hey, speaking of anniversaries, oh. uh, what was it like four days ago was our one year anniversary, which is actually why we're doing a live show today. I don't yeah, know if you guys remember that. Yeah, the, Dean, the, Dean had forgotten. The, the second, the second was our episode <laughs> zero, yeah. uh, and then on the oh the, the tenth was the tenth was our season one episode one. So this this is our this yeah. is our one year anniversary yeah. basically. Yay! Yeah, so happy anniversary Aww. and happy anniversary. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you do that, it just no, cracks happy me up. Happy anniversary, guys of our. Of our, you know, new fam here, our Podern fam, our podcast fam, or whatever you would like to call it. Uh, yeah, I can't <laughs> believe it. Wow. My son just said the other day, he was like, oh, is it your year anniversary? Or he said it today? No, he said it today. So, oops. Um, and I thought it was still coming up. I thought it was later. Yeah, I... In the month, I actually, but I don't know why I thought that. I, think- I both thought it was earlier and later. Like, I remember that the idea for this kind of came about after George Floyd died, which, you know, was all over the news, uh, you know, when the anniversary of that came up. And so that made me go, oh, we got to be getting close because I know that this is when we started talking about it. 
because um, we had wa- we had just like basically just watched the TV show when that happened. And here we are, <laughs> and here we are uh, talking about the most racist TV sh- TV episode that probably ever did or did not air. Uh, <laughs> and probably a lot of our listeners have no, not even said, seen this episode because, to be fair, I did not see this episode until today. So, so <clears throat> I am going to be completely honest, and I watched I think the wrong episode. Oh no! But. <laughs> But it's okay, um, because I didn't know that this was an episode that wasn't <gasps> the band episode. Wasn't yeah, 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 I, I, put that, I, I put I put the video of it out on uh, our Google Drive so that. So, yeah, that was my bad. So, you know, exactly what it was is that it skipped yep. over. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't see that. My bad. Is okay. Well, you're definitely prepped for next week, which is Tiara's favorite. Is it? Uh, is that on. next week? It, or it's, no, it's the week after. I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah. God, I'm gonna cry on that one. No, I wouldn't say favorite at all. I would say the one that made me go, "Okay, I'll do this show." Yeah. Yeah. Which one was that? Smoking with cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. okay. So that's oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. It I'll reminded me of one of my students, and basically, I just kind of yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, we've talked about that before. We, yeah, yeah. When you told me that, because we were talking about it, I was like, I didn't know it was after a real person. Right, right. Yeah. But then I watched, when I watched, because I'd seen the clip of this kid, you know, that kid wrote. So we'll talk Back about in the day, it. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like a but, viral YouTube thing before. Yeah. Yeah. Totally was. Totally was. Uh, but I do think I've seen clips and bits and pieces. So I think, mean, you know me. Yeah, I could jump in and talk about anything. So <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and this you episode. This yeah, you would have. Oh my god, this the first time I watched through this episode, I was like, I am not high enough for this, and like had to go back outside because <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like it's it's concentrated redneckery, <laughs> uh, yeah. like ruckus meets his yeah. idol. Okay. And, you know, the, the literally the person that made Ruckus into who he was, like, says your music is what made me who I am today kind of thing. So, okay. yeah. I do vaguely remember bits and pieces, but yes. So and this just, guy, just honestly, no problem. This guy is a real musician, too, which I did not know until based like, on Googling yeah. some lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a real singer. Jimmy Rebel. Johnny Rebel is the real guy. I thought he, this was like a joke. <laughs> so no, that's <laughs> another band one. Like now that I'm just kind of looking shit up, it's like the band. <laughs> oh, damn. That, I never knew that there was another band <laughs> one. Like why they, wow. Yeah. Like I said, this oh, is the first I time I got to, I got a chance to see this one. So. And I remember watching it when I was younger though. Like that's how I kind of like knew. And like, because of the music, it stands out so much in my head. So I just, I don't know why I bet or where it, like, I watched it. aired but... once. Like, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Adult Swim permanently banded, banned, bandit, banned. I can speak it. Um, after one viewing, after one episode of it is what this ad says or not ad. This story says it's what the auntie Google says. Mm. Um, but yeah, so. Well, wow. Um, I guess I will be refreshing my memory of <laughs> sorts. It's all good. Uh, be, uh, before we uh, get into all of the loveliness that is this episode and all of the things that we can talk about for it, I did want to um, 
for a couple of reasons, I wanted to uh, bring up the uh, death of Michael K. Williams, who yeah. is was probably one of the best actors that anyone. I mean, Jesus Christ, who else could, without any worry, play a gay drug dealing gangbanger and still not like. Like there was no nobody even like questioned it. He was just so perfect and so good in every fucking role he did. He definitely was, and I think the most recent that technically he robbed the drug dealer. True, true. You are yeah. right. You are right. <laughs> yes, he was a beast. So like I remember one episode when he got like shot and he like jumped oh. out the window and just all of a sudden shit. He's fire. Um, and remember I just watched it this past like summer. I think we watched it about had, a year or ago? last summer during pandemic. Yeah, during yeah, the I pandemic. I never watched it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was just like I, I couldn't. Stay. I was like, I don't, why are oh, oh, you know, I was so just like, much. I don't want to see it. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was last July. Yeah, but like last most recently, at least in that I know of, uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, which yeah, so that, yeah, yeah, and then he also did the tribute to DMX. I don't know if you guys right, remember. You we talked about, about that, the, but I didn't see it. Yeah, it was so good. Um, he kind of did like a spoken word, but he also, you know, then he did a prayer like DMX. Um, super, super, super talented. Um, you know, I liked his his uh, show that he had on. I want to say it was Showtime or HBO. It was a Vice. Oh yeah, Vice. it was Vice that talked about like, you Vice. know, Vice. yeah, people doing, um, you know, uh, gun trafficking mm-hmm. or you know, uh, weed trafficking or whatever maybe heroin. Act. Like he was just really trying to show and use his. I want to say persona, but what people knew him as on the wire to really bring a different, you know, uh, conversation to things like that and what was going on. Um, I do hate that the immediate conversation was that it was, you know, it was drug related. Yeah. Um, you know, his family is of course saying, even if it's true or not, they want their privacy. To, I think they probably would have liked to come out and have that release. Right. Um, but no, the New York Post has to post some pictures and some speculation and make people go, yeah. ooh, illicit drugs, instead of this man had a fucking addiction that he'd been fighting for most of his adult life. Yeah. And it fucking and it killed an him. After they accused him, then it was, well, we know that, well, yes, why couldn't that have been something that said somebody who, even though he was prolific, he was a great actor, he had a talent, he did have some demons, much like many and other talked about actors it. and actresses. Yeah. Yes, and he was very open and transparent about it. Um, you know, and it's not something that ever just goes away yeah. because you go through therapy or, you know, because you have fames and riches. It's actually probably, it's well, we know it's more accessible. Um, but then there also comes some sadness that's with with all that. So, you know, it's, it's, I couldn't believe it. Like I immediately got my little people breaking news of it yesterday. Yeah. And I was just like, as soon as I saw his name, I was like, Oh, but you know, it's just horrible. Cause you know what they say three, it's like three at a time and Willard uh, Scott passed as well. Right. Um, so, I mean, I hate to be that, you know, that cryptic or that, that sad of a person, but it's pretty much been true in the world of celebrity. Oh, yeah. In threes. They kind of go in <laughs> well, threes. Or in groups. Sometimes it's more than three, yeah. but it's almost yeah. always yeah. at least three. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I used to have such nightmares about that when I was a kid because I would go away to like summer camp and I would come home and find out like three or four of my favorite celebrities had died all like within yeah. that short period of time. I'm like, well, what the fuck is, I can never go to camp again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, sure you, I'm surprised you were, had, didn't have a little PTSD. Going you know, to camp. Like <laughs> I, I remember like, okay, so we're still talking eight, like late eighties here. Right. 
Um, and I'm trying to remember, it was Sammy Davis Jr., uh, Michael Landon, and someone else oh. who all died within like a week and a half of each other while I was at camp. Yeah, and that was the first that, time yeah. it happened. <laughs> it happened twice. So yeah. that's, yeah, I got, I got a little, got, got a little weird about that one. So. And it's crazy. It does seem to happen during the summer, during the hot, like towards the tail end of the holidays into the new year. It seems like it's kind of that that uh that timeline because we lost michael jackson fair fawcett mm-hmm. and eight luck all in the summer yep you know so um yeah pretty pretty sad but rest in peace you know love and light condolences to his family and friends um let his art yeah, speak for him forever that. you know yeah and let just let it be that exactly yeah. let's not have you know post um posthumous you know um, tearing down of the man's character and name and whatever it is that he was dealing with because anybody that's writing those stories what do you do when you're when you're behind your your locked door of your apartment or your home or whatever and to be perfectly you know? honest there is no shame in in drug no. addiction like that's yeah. not in your control i i yeah, don't care yeah. you know like one of the reasons I think I've said this before, one of the reasons why we are moving to the city we're moving to is because of the actual humanity and compassion that they seem to have for uh, the unhoused and for people who are struggling with addiction of any kind. And it's it's normalized. It's let me help you instead of, oh, get yeah. out of here or, you know, yeah. and that's what so many people go there. Like, that's what their pursuit yeah. is, like coming from across the country. They want to just get. They don't say California. They're normally saying Portland somewhere. You know, that's it used to be Seattle. It's not Seattle anymore, but it used to be Seattle was a place that, you know, you could come to and pretty much count on at least a little bit of compassion. Not you still had the Seattle freeze. Like nobody wanted to actually like hang out or do anything unless it happened to like coincide with the five minutes that we were happy. Um, but, But that didn't mean that we didn't care about like I've spent more than half of my life living in this particular house. You know, I grew up here, mm-hmm. left for a while and lived on my own and then came back when my dad got cancer and, and took care of him for a while before he moved out. And then I kept the house. And um, in that time, I've watched this neighborhood go from uh, barely considered a part of the city to we're about to open a fucking hockey rink three blocks from here. Ooh, that was fun. <laughs> Uh, no, the um, the guy that comes onto my podcast um, from smoking section, um, he lives in Seattle and that's what he says. Like, well, I was talking to him and he says, you know, the the communal part of it where people cared, you know, and things or, you know, when it was d- divided, he says it's just becoming so more, much more um, apparent, mm-hmm. you know, the haves and the have nots. He said that's one of the big things that he's noticed that has changed. Um, so, yeah, I know I you know have a kind of an idea because he was just sharing that with me. Um, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, before he beat me in my trivia night that our game night that I just decided to start. But yeah, that's that's heavy. But I see why you guys have an option at least to still be where you, the part of the country that you love, but be somewhere different. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, and I hate to say this because I'm, I'm, you know, a bit too much nihilistic for my own good, but uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not somebody that, that breaks everybody's heart right now you know like i hate to say it that way like i don't want anyone to die but you know people are gonna die hopefully it's not somebody that breaks everybody's heart yeah yeah <laughs> you know not another I mean, bowie would... not another prince not another like right 
Oh, because Prince, I was like, what, what, what? Like it was that was rough. Okay. I mean, just to be- even say that Michael Jackson and Prince are gone, like what? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, get down to business. Um, before we start, let's give a quick shout out last week. Thank you to Demond for stepping in to sub for me while I had my uh, my actual vacation, my first actual vacation in years, sitting by an ocean yeah. for a week. It was amazing. Um, shout out. Shout out. Shout yeah. Out. We kind of did double duty. Right. I wasn't able to do it. Right. And yeah, family emergency for you. But y'all held it down pretty well. I love it. You don't have your hour pre-show like usual, but you know, that's (laughs) because... That's because us babblers weren't there. (laughs) Sometimes we surprise the listeners. So, hey. Surprise. Those hours. Yeah, you guys are good. No, but I appreciate you guys. Dean, super producer, Miss Lindsay. And the homie, homie, the mom, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's start the story of Jimmy Rebel. (sighs) Possibly the most racist TV episode you will ever see in your life. If uh, if you are able to find this at home, I believe there are um, most of it can be found on YouTube. Uh, Where else can you find it? So, So, yeah, you can find there are there's a playlist out on youtube that's missing uh, a two-minute segment of it um because they the youtube took it down because it was too racist <laughs> but uh, they only cut out the um obama song like I, because yeah. i was like what but it's just, just so, that one song that's gone so yeah the other ones you'll find on daily motion what they've done on those is they have inversed the video so if you would see somebody on the left, they would now be on the right side of the screen. Uh, they have also slowed it uh-huh. down to 85% of the speed. So that's the way they, uh-huh. they can get away without not being spotted too quickly, I suppose. So what I, so yeah, I, that's so, what they do with American dad episodes on YouTube. Huh. Same thing. Yep. See, I don't you know, know any of this shit. I don't platform. pay attention to YouTube. <laughs> I, I am, I'm not the right demographic for that. Apparently. So this is a very musical episode, and uh, most of the story actually, like the these songs, it, there's some really terrible uh, language in this, and so this is uh, your trigger warning, anybody out there. We are going to be saying the N-word a lot. We are probably going to be saying some of the other really terrible things that are said in this show, because that is part of why this episode was banned. It It talks about just about everything you think is happening in that honky-tonk bar down in in small town Texas, you know, East Texas. Uh, (laughs) Am I wrong on the location? It's Spoken Hoak. Where's that? I don't know. (laughs) It sounds like Spokane uh, with some other kind of crap, but... Okie finoki. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, I I knew it wasn't a real place. I was kind of joking that you would find this kind of honky-tonk in small town East Texas. Oh yeah, I mean, well, any, anywhere in the South. I mean, it reminded me a lot of when uh, the very—I think it was the first Borat movie when he when he went and learned to do a honky song, honky tonk song, <laughs> and sang "Throw the Jew Down the Well," and they, he got the same reaction. So, oh yeah, there was a lot of that that was very similar to me. Yeah, I didn't watch that show. Okay, Borat is <laughs> hilarious. It even- like hilariously in a like. For some people, I'm sure, no, well, not for us, but anybody else, like non-melanated, once again, they're probably just like, whoa, 
I wonder if the, they like if they go, "Ooh, is that really how we are?" Or if they just get up in arms, or they just go ahead keep going about their old racist business. I meant to bring up Sasha Baron Cohen because I don't know about you guys, but watching this episode reminded me of I think it was either this summer or last when he went to the yes. African rally and yeah. got on that stage. Oh, yes. Oh, what do we want to do with the Biden too? Should oh, we yeah. give them the Wuhan flu? Yeah. And like he's <laughs> dressed up as this like um yeah. Appalachian Mountain <laughs> Yodel singer and like yeah, the crowd yeah. is going wild. That was him. part of his movie, right? Yeah. Movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he is yeah, the most and, and yeah. that was that, out here. Yeah. That was done here. That was in I'm Washington State. When he had to escape, yeah, because they, they mm-hmm. yeah, they he had to escape from I don't remember where it was, but was it was it like Richard it was, Spencer? Maybe part of that, but it was like a whole unite the right type right, of yeah. rally. So it was, it was a Trump it, rally, essentially. So, yeah, but yeah. I, I want to oh, say yeah. it was it was almost like in Linwood or some some place like that, but it was not far from here. That was crazy because they were just all about it. Uh-huh. I remember they were all about it. He said something Ugh. about like referencing Nazi camps and putting people in ovens and stuff like he was it was insane <laughs> and the crowd is yeah rah rah I mean, just ready yeah I love finding out that he actually has an education oh he's um, so smart and, oh yeah he did his thesis yeah, and, and his, he, he came he came to yeah. Selma and did his thesis on the civil rights uh how because how, he's Jewish he did he did a, yeah. a, a, a his thesis on the Jews and the blacks working together during the civil rights era so yeah, yeah. it was a whole thing yeah yeah so when you know that he comes from a place of like education behind it then and then you see why it's his passion but he does it in such a great way like his show that he had on, I believe once again on Showtime or HBO, but he was tricking people. Like the shit that he had these one dudes doing, like they had on strap-ons and just all this other kind. Of, like in the it, that shit was crazy. I was like, and the things that you guys are doing in the name of allegedly, you know, yeah, um, Dick Cheney pulling his pants down. Not Cheney. he had uh, Rudy G- Giuliani. Yeah. Giuliani, yeah. not Cheney. Giuliani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a piece. That for Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are <laughs> our bad. Our bad. If you just take that out, please. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like one of, them, one of them. One of them. Shit. One of them. You know. <laughs> old, old, creepy white dude. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much where he went. That's pretty much it. Yeah. To, personally, oh, I'm not okay. a huge fan of his comedy, but he's an amazing actor. His serious acting yeah. has really, like, I. It, yeah, it, I'm. I'm super impressed with him. Anytime he t- has, yeah. anytime he gives talks too, because he does like speeches and stuff all the time too. Yeah, he's just. It's so obvious that he's cultured and educated, and uh, for lack of a better word, woke. And I hate that word now, but yeah. you know what I mean. Like he like, gets it. You know. Yeah, and he does it where, and it's and he knows how to get to them. That's that's yes. where what you guys are talking about. Like I can't watch cringe humor. I can't watch anything that makes me feel uncomfortable for the person because I have way too much fucking empathy, even if I fucking hate you. Um, yeah. so it just, that's, that's basically why I don't like most comedy because it's hurting someone, even if it's, you know, someone that I don't care about, like that's still kind yeah. of a thing that hits wrong for me. But, um, I completely support what he is doing every time he goes out there because it's funny as shit. It's obvious that he has put his work in and knows exactly who he is pulling this shit on. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I 
can't watch it and enjoy it in like a funny kind of way. I look at it as a very horrifying explanation of what our country, what has happened to our country, you know, that he can do this shit. And it's accepted so easily by these people. Like they are so down the rabbit hole that they're like, oh, this is perfect. This is great. We don't even see that it's prosthetic mustache and extra hair and a fake belly and overalls. And it's like, (laughs) and it's like kind of like sometimes it's like the shittiest you know, kind of yeah. like disguises. Yeah, um, it's really not. He doesn't try hard, really. Yeah, in the own world, they don't even pick up on. Uh-huh. It. You know, that's that's what's amazing about it. But I I get what you're saying, and I think the way the reason why it works is because comedy is a way is a safe way to grab everybody's attention, and then hopefully they'll have an afterthought where it's like, oh shit, right. Well, that was funny, but in one of those situations, it's funny because it's true, and we all kind of know it, and you know, and it's been it's being. I don't want to say broad, but broadcast now, mm-hmm. like where this is being put on front street, you know? So, but he is, he does it in a very intelligent way. And I, like I said, always, um, I also appreciate that he's educated. So it's not just a, um, a niche for him. It's not just something to get him, you know, famous. Yeah. So I do, I do like that about him and his wife is beautiful. They're a cute little mm-hmm. funny couple. So that shout out. Also what bums me out about this episode being censored though, y'all, because it is closer to reality yeah. than a lot of people want to admit. But we can get into it. Yeah, let's let's get into yeah. it now. Uh, all right, so we begin at a honky tonk called the Shit Kickers Bar uh, in 1967, Spokenhoke. A uh, man sitting at the bar takes a sip of his beer. The bar owner asks if he's ready. He is, uh, as much as he's going to be. The owner tells him to believe in the music. <laughs> Too much hair in my face. Sorry. <laughs> He's introduced as Jimmy Rebel. He takes the stage and addresses the crowd to no response. He introduces a song that uh, uh, that's about niggers. The song kicks off and the crowd loves it. Uh, I one thing that I thought was just hilarious, but this was uh, and it happens a few times. This is this is a song about, you know, whatever. And some brando in the crowd will be like, yeah, but nobody else is saying anything. It's just that one dude. (laughs) Just that one dude. How are you? Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, And this song has uh, language like jigaboo, woohoo and pickaninny flip. Uh, and the crowd is just eating it up, like what we were just saying, you know, more uh, uh, truth than what people like to admit. Mm-hmm. And we're back at the Woodcrest Park where Robert and Ruckus are playing checkers. Robert is watching a pretty girl stretch and he tries to draw Ruckus's attention, but he's got headphones in and he's singing along to Jimmy Rebel. Uh, that song pretty much that he was just saying. Uh, he gets Robert to listen to it. Robert gets so pissed off, throws the headphones at Ruckus and says that it's sick. Uh, Ruckus explains that Rebel's music made him who he is today. Uh, he also says that he's going to write and record his own racist songs after they finish their game. And the this is kind of that first episode for me where I'm seeing Robert actually like seeing how problematic Ruckus is. Like, he's really starting to see, like, you really listen to this. You really, like, that, this is, okay, okay, all right. After we finish this game, though. Like, he still doesn't have any friends, so. <laughs> um, so then we are back. Oh, hold on. <laughs> of course, my headphones are falling off. <laughs> so we're back at Ruckus's house, and he's writing a letter to Jimmy Rebel, tells him how much he loves his music and 
how he plays it at all his jobs, like driving a bus with little kids. Uh, he encloses in his letter a song that he's written, Keep Them Niggas Out of, out of NASCAR, uh, which, you know... <laughs> 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 the last great thing a white man can call his own. <laughs> and you know, I it's it's life imitating art, like that's still kind of a struggle that's happening in NASCAR. Like the there uh, I'm trying to remember, I know it was an accident or it wasn't actually what it was, but everybody because everybody understands <laughs> how NASCAR can be when mm-hmm. a, a noose was found in a black driver's uh um like space. It was a few time is so fucking wacky for me right now. I think it was pre pandemic. Um, do you That's remember Bubba Wallace? Bubba Wallace, yeah. Uh, I mean, it turns out that that wasn't on purpose or anything, but seeing something like that as a black person in such a white environment that you know, literally like that song 15 years ago, Keep Them Niggas Out of NASCAR, that absolutely could have been something because that was such a verboten idea. Um, and even now it's, it's weird, like to not weird for us, but like, you know, people who like NASCAR, Oh, that's that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe that might be one of them good ones, but I don't know. (laughs) So kind of like, uh, black people in golf, they don't quite get looked at with the same level. Uh, (laughs) one thing I wanted to point out when, um, when Ruckus was writing this letter, dear Mr. Jimmy rebel, my name is uncle Ruckus. No relation. I still don't understand the relationship. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Woo. <laughs> Even when he's writing it down. Uh, so Ruckus doesn't actually believe that that Jimmy Rebel is ever going to you know get this and listen to the music, but he does, and he really likes the song. In fact, he plays it for the other execs at his record company, and they love it. So then Jimmy, let's see, where am I? Jimmy drives out to Ruckus, uh, but when he gets there, Ruckus has to pretend that he is Toby, which is, you know, the slave name of Kunta Kinte from Roots, uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. basically tries to say that, uh, no, um, Uncle Ruckus was an old, rich white man, and he's his faith- faithful manservant, and uh, yeah, just basically, like, Hiding that he's the actual ruckus because he knows that this this person will not appreciate him as a as a black person. Um. So he so ruckus tells Jimmy that Mr. Ruckus has the Nigerian monkeypox, uh, and it's very contagious. Uh, basically, he just kind of moons over him. Uh, Jimmy Rebel says, I've never met a black who likes my songs. Um, excuse me, which, uh, a black really kind of threw me because I don't know if I've ever really heard that, like a black, I've heard a nigger and I've heard, you know what I mean? Like with capital A. (laughs) Oh, even I've even heard people, it bugs me. Like just very people who I'm, you know, just know in business and stuff who I'm pretty sure are not racist as sure as i can be <laughs> right but like refer to black people as blacks i don't like it a lot of people do it i don't, I don't like, like it say black mm-hmm. people not blacks okay yeah that's i, I say as, as i say folks black folks yeah. is that okay <laughs> okay 
Yeah. I mean, it's just a me thing that something, there's something about saying blacks. Yeah. The blacks. Blacks and whites. It's the blacks who did that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, That's I why I was like, a black. I, I he's one of, he's, yeah. you're a black. I've oh. never had a black yeah. like yeah. that. But there's no person attached to no, that. No, not at all. No. It's, it's dehumanized. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so. Because Ruckus has been fawning all over him and basically like, you know, knows his music so well when when he uh, when Ruckus offers to, you know, get him a cold drink and, and that sort of thing. He finally is like, yeah, OK, let's do that. And ends up that they basically become like these best friends. Uh, and it's just it's <laughs> it's so funny. Um, <clears throat> he decides he's going to. Or he talks uh, Jimmy Rebel into uh, letting him show him around Woodcrest. So um, they go to the park. They, uh, they, they get caricatures. They ride a bicycle built for two. They're going on amusement park rides, uh, basically showing that, that, you know, these two people are becoming good friends and, and enjoying their time together. Um and, and later. let's not forget another racist song is playing during every this montage <laughs> that is not just reserved for black people. This shit, yeah. they were going after all of us, y'all. And <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. Please carry on. No, this, there are so many. Like, I didn't write down every song because it just seemed like every couple of minutes there was a new song. And it was yes. worse More than the less. <laughs> yep. Yes. yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Like my husband was working and then he just stopped and he was like, what? <laughs> yep. That's what? Mm-hmm. He, he did like ruckus did when he put the headphones on. He's like, he's like, what the fuck did he just say? I mean, Robert. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Robert. Sorry. Robert, yeah, Robert yeah. Uh, so uh, ruckus and Robert are back in the park. Uh, Robert makes a move on the checkerboard, but ruckus is daydreaming. Uh, Robert gets Ruckus's attention and ruckus asks Robert if he's ever met someone who likes him, but only because they don't know the real him. And Robert says that that's his dating life. Uh, Ruckus tells Robert that he's supposed to be a white man with revitiligo, without revitiligo. And Robert cracks up. So it's very obvious here that Robert thinks that Ruckus has met a dating prospect. Uh, and that kind of goes through the whole episode there. Um, so Rebel shows up to Ruckus's house the next day. Uh, Ruckus tells... Ruckus tells Rebel, Jesus, this is there are too many R's. Ruckus tells Rebel that Mr. Ruckus told him to show Jimmy the best that Woodcrest had to offer. Uh, oh, that was the montage. Okay. Um, oh yeah, and they were playing Twister. I missed that part. Uh, <laughs> and sharing a Sunday. And sharing a Sunday. Like the cotton candy was the one that like oh, really yeah. cracked me up because yeah. It- and the part of the song that's not racist that we can probably repeat is it keeps going, you're a man's man. <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all, Jesus Christ. Ooh, uh, yeah, so um, Robert is just sitting in the park waiting for Ruckus to come and play, play uh, uh, checkers. Uh, but later, uh, things wind down at Ruckus's place. <laughs> oh, the world needs more white men like you, Jimmy Rebel. America getting soft on niggas. Hell, they even elected one president. I bet that's got to bind you up. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think, you know, that I spend all day just angry at Negroes. Lord knows I do. But it's hard to be angry, you know? I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe in white rights and all that, but... 
Overall, I'm a pretty happy fella. You know what the liberals and the NAACP never could figure out? It's not about the color of a man's skin. It's not the big lips or how y'all say aura instead of aura. Or the fact they wear their ass on their shoulders. Right. It's attitude, stupid. A feller can't control what color he is, but he can control his attitude. If all blacks acted like you, Toby, if they worked hard and stopped complaining about every goddamn thing, then we wouldn't have no problem with them at all. <sighs> Yeah, so um, all of that is so completely problematic, definitely. But for me, because uh, I know, Lindsay, you have something to say about this, too. But for me, it's like that last part is so many people that I have met, you know. Oh, it, it, <laughs> like if only uh, all the other black people were as motivated and determined and, you know, worked as hard and da 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 like that. It you hear you've been hearing that for well probably since Jimmy Rebel started, <laughs> you know that that's just been a normal refrain from the white separatist you know white rights movement I guess <laughs> I can put it that way. Um, Absolutely, and this clip to me now this is when Trump got elected. I I really cut ties with, I would say, 80% of my social network because they came out the woodwork. And I'm t- I've talked about it on this podcast, mm-hmm. I'm talking white, black, I'm talking my own family members, friends, all of it. I'm done with you because so many of them came out of the woodwork and their justification for their bullshit was this sentiment, including, mm-hmm. like I said, black family members, like black friends I've had since elementary school and shit like that. Oh, like... Oh, you know, I'm they wouldn't say, oh, I'm not racist. They have this whole view of like, oh, there's us black people who work hard and we do this and we do that. And you guys complain too much. You want Democrats to throw you a bone. And Trump is here for the for people who work hard and did it. Bitch, the Candace Owens of the world. Like this is this is y'all. This is what I call coonery. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. This is a bunch of bullshit. And this is the mind state of people on all sides of this aisle. And the funny thing to me about, like, I wish we could play all the racist music that's been going on in this show, because it's the illogical nature of these lyrics and this sentiment Mm -hmm. that are that amuse me. Why I say like, this is so funny to me, because anyone who really looks at that situation, oh, if well, if blacks would complain less, we would we wouldn't have a problem with you. Well, if you treated us equally in society, if you gave us the same opportunities, if you didn't try and put us in prison for trumped up charges and all the other bullshit you pass, maybe we would stop complaining. (laughs) Maybe. You know, the, the, the desire of the complaints, if we want to call it that, is some fucking equity, like for shit to be right. equal, like the way it's supposed to be. It's very simple. But when when you're um, used to being in power, equity feels like a demotion. Yeah, well, for sure. You know, and it's and that is out of fear, mm-hmm. because let's let's be very honest. This everything that our pop culture is built upon, every well, this country is built upon, like it's everything is based upon our culture like let's like a good i'd say 90 percent, 95% of how this country it's it's in our fabric like today in the past people have stolen you know some of the biggest bands in history admit that they were copying off of you know old black you know um back you know back i don't want to say back country but just really country maybe maybe not very widely known blues singers or, you know, or James Brown or just, yeah, you know, and, and shit like that, like from music to, 
to everyday culture, to sayings, to what's on your graphic t-shirts, to all these other things are based upon the very people that you want to have this same sentiment about. When in your culture, and I think in every culture, there is somebody that are lazy. There are people that want handouts. I mean, look at it now. People don't want to, and I'm, and I'm not even going to call this one a handout, but I think people are realizing they don't want to go back to jobs working at, you know, fast foods or whatever it is when they were getting that same amount or doing better on unemployment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they just, of course, everybody's unemployment's cut off, you know, and all the federal extra benefits. So now they're going to have to go back, but at least there's a little bit more in pay. You know, it's a little bit more of a livable wage, not completely what everybody needs, but why is that? Because there's a need now. And why is that? Because people in their own way were kind of protesting. I mean, not really, but no, really, saying that yeah. you're going to take this unemployment and going and not going back was definitely your way of being like, no, I, you guys have got to start giving me equal pay or at least livable pay for things to just be a little bit more equitable. Um, you know, I think the goal should be to get rid of the lower class completely of the poor class completely. But, you know, that doesn't work for everybody because they want to sit back and have that sentiment and complain and point fingers. So, yeah, it's like you said, it's all encompassing. It's on either sides. And it's a problem that leads to so many other problems. So that just that sentiment and that mindset leads to so many other problems within, you know, within our society. That's and uh it's like, uh, I, I don't remember what school district it was. I want to say it was like Wisconsin or something like that. But where dude was like, uh, we need to shut down the free lunch program because it'll spoil kids. And it's literally like, no, no, no. Yeah, because there are some children that that's their only meal Not, that yeah, they get out of the day. Whether exactly. they be black, white, like that, you know, oh green, my. yellow, polka dot. Like there are so many. Like that made me you know, more uh, angry than anything. And that to me is... Just oh, like that, that to me is capitalism. That is, yes, I get no benefit people. on paying for this. Yeah. So therefore yeah. I'm going to eliminate it and, you know, make other people somehow, you know, just fucking live with it. But like literally, like my job is so much harder because my kids most of the time come into school having not had breakfast. And so I am feeding them in the morning and you know, some of them have already been up for hours taking care of their younger siblings who may or may not have gotten a chance to eat. And, you know, th- like that's that's a very basic anyway, uh, where yeah. I was going with that well, was like it, when, I'm not a fan of like Andrew Yang or most politicians in general. But the universal basic income is especially after living through a fucking pandemic. I don't understand why people are not supporting that more. Like we are literally seeing people. I mean, we're not even talking about climate change where people are dying because they can't get out of a basement apartment and they can't afford to escape from a hurricane. Like I'm not even talking about that. Right. Yeah. I'm just straight up talking about like taking away stuff from the people who need it the most because they absolutely do not have any humanity. And it goes right back to, you know what I was saying in our pre-show. Like they don't get it no matter how well off you are and no matter what, you're not getting something free. That's 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 what they look like in their eyes. Like, well, well, what? Well, you never know what your situation could be in, especially some of those that are so well off because you guys do the dirtiest shit to get your money most of the time. <laughs> so you never know when that position could be you. And then you need that same thing that you're so worried about not getting. You know what I'm saying? It's like that kid that didn't get the, the birthday or, you know, you're at somebody else's birthday party. And, you know, as a kid, even though, you know, your birthday's coming up and you're going to get birthday party and birthday party and birthday gifts, 
kids are always like right there mm-hmm. in front of somebody else who's opening their presents. And then they always have a little, they're always a little salty. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not your birthday. So it's kind of that same kind of mentality. Like, dude, don't be, you can't be jealous of somebody else for their, their fortune right now because you, your turn is going to come. And maybe, you know, like I said, maybe or not their turn won't come, but their turn is every day because you guys are getting to live in this nice little privileged bubble that the rest of us can't necessarily afford or claim, you know? So it's like, get over yourselves. So like when Lindsay said, it's kind of amusing to you. That's kind of how I've learned to take it. I don't want to say that's my defense to it, but it is kind of like ridiculously amusing that you would even have that thought about another human being when you're not much better off, Mm -hmm. you know, you're doing some dirty shit somewhere, somehow. Um, So yeah, it's, yeah, that's the way I I kind of tend, like it just, I I tend to chuckle at first before I get angry. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, and I do remember this episode we, and I was been kind of looking at episode clips this whole time. So I'm not completely out of it. It's all good. You're doing great, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be anything. She's not on her job. I am guys. No, this was, this was a weird one because like, this is not like, you can't, if you're watching it on, on, uh, what are we watching on HBO max? It's not on HBO max. So you have to actively go out and seek it. And if you didn't even know it was there, like, like I said, this was the first time I remember seeing this episode. I do not believe I saw it back in the day. And I definitely didn't see it the first time when we rewatched it last year. So y'all good. Yeah. I don't know we saw it, but, uh, not see that's how he, he's covering his mouth. He's trying to like stay that. But, um, yeah, no, it kind of shocks me that that is also not on HBO Max when it's like you guys came out being like, we're going to show everything. As far as I remember, when they, you know, say they were releasing on there, like all episodes, find everything. So it's, the, it's because the, the agreement that was made was with 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 Adult Swim and Adult Swim is the one who's took it, who took it down. Ah, aha, aha, gotcha. Well, there you go. All right. Well, daily motion is definitely inverted, by the way. You were correct. <laughs> absolutely looks weird it is and and it's slow (laughs) yeah Yeah, when he told me that i was like i'm so glad you didn't try and have me watch that because i would have been so confused (sighs) it was terrible (laughs) are you playing a joke on me why are you like why am i watching this right now You're like looking at your pen, like, what is it? <laughs> yep. You sounded like Dory talking well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> that was so funny. That was like, what? God, I want to watch that again. Now, thank you for me thinking that. That's, you know, right. I look at her every day because I have her on my thigh. But. All right. So Jimmy gets up to go, but Ruckus wants him to hang out more. He can't. Uh, but he asks if he can talk to Mr. Ruckus before he leaves town tomorrow uh, or the next day. Uh, Ruckus tells him that he will do his best. Uh, so then the Ruckus goes over to the Freeman house <clears throat> and uh, basically begs Robert to help him uh, with the, the rebel situation. Robert wants to know why he should help him. Ruckus says that it's been his, it's been his only dream to create racist music for white folks. Uh, the doorbell rings and Ruckus shoves Robert up the stairs and into his room and then takes down the pictures of Huey and Riley and Obama that are hanging up, uh, before going to open the door. Jimmy asks how things are. And Ruckus tells him that Mr. Ruckus is still very sick, but that he wants to talk to rebel. Ruckus leads Jimmy to Robert's room and through the door, Jimmy tells Ruckus that he likes his music and wants him to come to Spoken Oak 
with him to make an album to show his appreciation. (laughs) Like if he had just gone there, it would have been fine. Would have been fine. Would have been fine. But to show his appreciation, he has uh, brought autographed. uh, He has brought autographed copies of every single one of his CDs, which he then starts pushing under the door, naming off all of them. And yeah. (laughs) Uh, Woo. Uh, Robert, he can't, he cannot hold his breath. He, especially um, some of the, some of the later ones. Um, Gosh, I'm so glad I didn't write them down, but also I wish that I had so I could say them out loud. But I I think the very, the the very last one was a black man. Stay out of my white woman. Right. Which I think (laughs) that was, I feel like that was the one that Robert was like, I can't fucking. (laughs) Black toes and ghettos. <laughs> right. That's what I just oh. remember. I don't remember the rest. But I was like, what the hell? Oh shit. Um, yeah, there's like I don't know what like eight, nine, something like that. There's a whole bunch. Um, so Robert is just he's so pissed off. He comes out of the bedroom and basically starts you know acting like he's going to attack uh, um, rebel. Too many R names. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he refuses to continue with the charade. He throws him out of the house. Ruckus finally comes clean, tells, uh, tells him that he is actually Uncle Ruckus. Uh, Rebel says that he, he figured it out, but, you know, he didn't actually care because, you know, he was, he was a good nigger. Uh, <laughs> good Negro, I think he actually started calling him. Um, oh, uh, and Right? Uh, and then he he, just, he still says, I'm going to take you to Spoke Nook, and, and uh, that's in Ruckus's one good eye, it's just, it's so, like, he's so happy. <gasps> uh, <laughs> Life dream will come true. Huh? I, right? Um, I have to admit, this episode, I got distracted by Ruckus's fake eye more than I usually do. Um, probably because Ruckus was actually, like, emoting, like, they were giving him emotions on his face for once, and so like, it it just, it threw me off a lot, because I would be, like, looking at the face and all I could see would be (laughs) this giant eye, and I'm like, that's not what I'm I'm trying to look at that eye. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Be in your dreams tonight, that one eye. Right. Uh, So they land in Spoken Oak and Rebel takes Ruckus to the record company. Uh, Everyone, he, uh, they're walking down the halls and he's showing him all the gold records and basically says we specialize in, you know, hardcore racism, uh, which is surprisingly lucrative and consistent. Uh, Always, you know, always has fans. Um, The other execs and people that are in the halls keep turning and looking and like, oh, and talking about him. Uh, When... They finally end up in the boardroom with the execs and Jimmy uh, introduces Ruckus's to the executives, all of them with their mouth wide open and tells them he wants to do an album with him. Uh, and so then we have Ruckus and Rebel uh, in the studio and they're recording The President's a Nigga to Me, uh, which is honestly probably the best song of all of them. Uh <laughs> saying that I don't care if he's the president, he will always be. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, all of the engineers, all of the sound guys are like super confused, but uh, Ruckus and Rebel are just having the time of their lives and laughing and just, you know, they're enjoying themselves. Um, back at the Fremont residence, Robert leaves Ruckus a voicemail about the checkers tournament. Uh, if he hasn't been lynched by the white people in Spoken Oak. 
Huey comes up to ask. You all right? Yeah, it's just I think I miss Rutgers. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Yeah, and he's gay. So he misses his friend. He has not gotten to hang out with his friend now for a while because he's been doing all these things. And it's really the first time that you see that, like I was saying earlier, that Robert realizes, you know, I actually do care about this guy. Um, and uh, that that, you know, he's he's maybe not completely comfortable with it because he doesn't want to, you know, seem like he misses him. But uh, but that's basically what's happening in that. Also, I love how. Riley continues to use phrases like that, despite the fact that they are kind of coding him more and more, um, or I should say less stereotypically masculine, like having a shower cap on his head and, and stuff like that as he's walking through. Like, not that that's not masculine, but that it doesn't code masculine in things like that. So I thought that was interesting that they're, they're keeping that he was still a little like from the gangsta delicious. With the show, yeah, from the Gangsta Delicious episode where he wore the the skirt and the you know the man bag and all that, like Riley Riley might be might be pushing his boundaries a little bit and we don't even know. Locks <laughs> though too, he, so does. he might be doing it for that reason, right? But I think right, like, totally. Yeah, an interesting thing that's going on here too is like even when Ruckus, like none of us picked the clip, but when Ruckus is like convincing Robert to pretend to be Uncle Ruckus to impress Jimmy, he oh, yeah. makes the statement to Granddad, like, you know, I hate black people, but I hate you a lot less than all of them. Like, mm-hmm. there's this silent and that's romance how he like there. talks about. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I actually I wrote that down. I wish I I remembered to say that, but that's uh, I love that moment because it literally is just Ruckus going. You're a you're you're a nigga, but that's okay because you're the you're the best one that I've ever met, and, and I consider you a friend mm-hmm. without actually like saying that. Like I hate black people, you know I hate black people, but I like I don't hate you as much as I hate all of them. Like mm-hmm. that's that's so and completely perfect. And yeah, I like that that you phrase that as like a romance because it really does feel like they have this they have these underlying feelings that neither one wants to admit to. And yeah, it's just, yeah, I got you. I pick it up. <laughs> There's also the silent tone, which I know we're going to get into it a little more as we keep going, that Ruckus in this episode is acknowledging without acknowledging that he's black. Mm-hmm. Yep. He doesn't even try really to push the, the reverse vitiligo thing, even though he does mention mm-hmm. it, yeah. but he doesn't try to push it. Yeah. Let's go real quick. I wanted to bring up something that I spotted. I don't know. Is the wanted hug between oh, ruckus yeah. and rebel they wo- both went to try to hug and then like shake no and then Re- then rebel pats just him pats him, him yeah. on the shoulder <laughs> so yeah the, i the, and i kind of wonder if you're talking talking about robert if robert yeah is feeling maybe a little jealous right is what it is right because like ruckus doesn't have a whole lot of friends and you know nobody agrees with ruckus right and so Robert is like looking at maybe thinking, you know, oh, well, I'm supposed to be your your friend. Why are you not doing the things that we have been planning to do? Just because this new person is it's new relationship energy. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> it's dropping everything for this new love interest that, you know, and that that really is how they've kind of, they kind of coded this whole episode. Like not that it was a romance, but that there's this kind of subliminal love triangle 
between the three yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. Especially like when they're in the park and Ruckus is crying and then Rebel shows up, which we're going to talk about in a minute. So I'm not going to get ahead of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) But but that's yeah, that's exactly. um, And oh, that actually. uh, No, that was something else. Okay, so (laughs) sorry. Mixing up what we watched today. Back in the boardroom with the execs. Rebel is playing the song they just recorded. Uh, to them and expressing how much he loves it. The execs think it will ruin them. Uh, They feel that the company named Racist Records should be racist, if not at the very least segregationist. Basically saying that, you know, our our fans will not be okay with a black singer. And, uh, you know, Rebels is trying to back up that Ruckus is actually more racist than all of them. Ruckus is more of a racist than anyone in this room, and that includes me. Look, Mr. Rebel, I think they might be right. No, come on now. Beneath your skin, you're as white as any white man. And I'm going to prove it to you. Tonight, I'm doing the new stuff at Chick Kickers, and I want you to come with me. You mean like to drive you there? No, I mean on stage. We're going to perform together. Oh, no, 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 M- M- Mr. Rebel, I-, I don't think I'm ready for... Oh, yes, you are. You gotta believe in the music. Gotta believe in the music. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Lynn. I know you had something on this. Uh, and it's going to tie a lot into the next sort of uh, song we hear. But mm-hmm. to me, this goes right back to that other clip where I say, like, oh, people, even other Black people I've known pretend that your judgment or your political allegiance or in white people too pretend that it's about anything other than pure hatred of black people because we're black i don't want to hear it (laughs) but we can keep going because this is going to play into that song right it's going to come right again uh so up on stage jimmy talks to the crowd about how he got his start there uh because he's right back in that shit kicker what was it shit kicker Boop, boop, boo, shit kicker's bar. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if I had the name right. Um, so that's right where he started his career, and he wanted to, to start show off his new beginning um, doing his first collaboration with another artist. Uh, so he then kicks off the song One Good Nigger, which, again, that one voice in the crowd that I just cracks me up every time. No, as, such, thing. no such thing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and it tells the story of meeting Ruckus. Well, but just the other day, during a blizzard in hell, I met a colored fella, and as far as I could tell, inside he had a white man's integrity. <laughs> How about that? here's my thing with this and right because racism cracks me up i've talked about it many times on this podcast this is exactly why what the hell is white man's integrity what's that that's why yep that's what i yep i'll wait yeah yeah i get get to push the button (laughs) (laughs) i mean in some ways yeah yeah (laughs) but it's just like this shit is just so stupid to me like how can you and i know racism is powerful racism has so many negative hurtful dangerous deadly devastating uh culture wrecking effects right we all fucking know this but when you really sit back and being a black woman who's often been the fly in the buttermilk my entire life 
working all these fucking corporate jobs with these racist ass people to me, like when we sit and watch this episode and we hear all of this overtly racist commentary, this hilarious, nonsensical shit, this is how a lot of times I may not say it. I cannot say it or, or felt I couldn't. I may not show it in my face, but when people sat around these offices and said all kinds of little microaggressive shit through your little racist shit at me, made your little smart ass comments. The way I giggle through this episode is the way I'm giggling at you. Because I know the truth of who I am. And I hope like any black person out there who's dealing with racism and it's very unfair. And, you know, these people are in power and can do all this fucked up shit with you at you that on some level you are laughing at their ignorance, just as these ignorant ass lyrics are being done. You get away with the shit you get away with for one reason and one reason only. And that is that you are in the position of power that you are in in this country. But on the inside, I am laughing at your fucking tomfoolery, your coonery, just the way I'm laughing at these nonsensical bullshit lyrics with your white integrity and your your jigaboo and, and nigaboo and all this other bullshit that's going on in your thoughts. Okay. You fucking clown. I fucking love you. Need the applause. the applause. Yeah, hit the applause button. Who's got the applause button? Like shit, I was sitting there. Yep, fucking goddamn it! (laughs) Holla! Yeah, that (laughs) the the fact that Jimmy Rebel believes that these people are racist in the same way that he's racist, with you know big old quotes and capital letters and all of that shit. Uh, Because to him, it's not about the color of their skin. It's just you know. They're fine as, you know, if they act like, like ruckus, um, but, but that's not, you know, we're, what we're about to find out. That's not how everybody reacts. Uh, so midway through that song, Jimmy introduces ruckus to the crowd and the crowd is pissed. Uh, Jimmy says to give them a chance, but they are not having it. And a fight ensues, which actually I think was started by Jimmy. I might have missed. Yes, yeah, it was. OK, I thought so. Like somebody was basically talking shit and he came running out there to Ruckus's defense. Um, and again, we're 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 picking up these things for just like that romance, like you would see in like a rom-com or something. You know, uh, he's standing up to the actual bad redneck versus, you know, he, he's the good white boy. The good white racist. <laughs> anyway, um, they get back to the hotel and Jimmy's laughing and he was he was basically having a great time. Uh, but Ruckus is concerned about uh, Jimmy's career. Jimmy explains that his views have. You remember when I said how we hate the blacks because of their attitudes? Yeah. Well, I think that's a load of shit. You're just like one of us, Ruckus, but they still hate you. And it's not your attitude. It's because you're black. And know what else I realized? Most rednecks are really fucking stupid. And I mean really fucking stupid. I've made some of the best music of my life with you, Ruckus, and I don't intend to stop. Oh, wasn't that the... Right? Ruckus is heartbroken and tells Rebel that he can't make any more music with him because he's just not the racist that he thought he was. And then he runs off into the night. Again more ref- like all of this is such a rom-com i you're not the racist i thought you were mm-hmm. he runs away crying oh it's so beautiful uh back in the woodcrest park robert is sitting at the checkers table ruckus shows up and asks if he can play robert said that he's waiting for someone else but ruckus can play until they show up 
Ruckus confesses to Robert that he should have listened to him. And at that moment, Rebel shows up. And here's that movie moment. Like, Ruckus is sitting there crying to his friend, who's then like, dude, look up. <laughs> like, he's right there. <laughs> Ruckus apologizes for what he said. Rebel says that he's not the racist he used to be, and he needs to take his career in a new direction. And that they're not going to just sing about niggers. Uh, Ruckus is confused because he doesn't understand what they will sing about. Rebel tells them that there's all kinds of things to sing about. Friends, good times, beer, uh, love, all kinds of shit. And then back at Ruckus's house, Jimmy and Ruckus end up singing a new song they've written about Mexicans. Send the Beaners back down to Mexico. And that is the end of this episode. So... Earlier, uh, when Granddad was pretending to be Ruckus behind the bedroom door, he's strangling himself to make himself sound like a black or sound like a white man and like pinching his nose and just basically trying to like talk like this. Uh, It's a little less, you know, sounds a little less like a like a black person in his mind. Uh, And I just thought that was hilarious that to sound white, he basically tries to strangle himself. Um, and then the voicemail later, I don't know, uh, if let's see, um, you reached uncle ruckus. If you're white, leave a message. If you're black, leave town. I feel like that absolutely was, (laughs) was, yeah, that was just so fucking perfect. Like Uh this whole episode is, is a love story, rom-com situational comedy ruckus hour kind of like, you know, he's the star of this, I don't know, Meg Ryan movie. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's You've Got Mail. Yeah. That he didn't, I mean, that Jimmy didn't know he was like, so Ruckus was trying to hide who he was. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like, and it, that's, that's kind of gave me the, uh, the, the, the. Oh yeah, totally. You've Got Mail one. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why I, I mentioned uh, Meg Ryan. Like there were so many movies like that where it would be a misunderstanding or pretending to be someone else or whatever. And it ended up, you know, being basically what we just saw in the end of that episode. And I just thought that was fantastic. Um, that was very interesting. I didn't look at it that way, but I see it now. Like that whole, it's a love affair. But yeah, I, this, and I like you, like, I mean, I think I like most of us with the exception of Lindsay, this was the first time that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, cause it was, I mean, if and it hadn't been for Lindsay, I wouldn't have known about it. So, um, yeah. Cause we knew about the other two. Right. Cause they, and those, yeah, those are both on HBO. Right. So yeah, they didn't remove those. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to remember how we saw it, but as we started watching the clips, kind of, as we were talking here, we, hubby was like, we totally seen this. I was like, yeah, I, I remember. So I don't remember how, but I also don't remember that it was banned. So yeah, I don't know. There were, I'm not It's not completely unusual. This episode, I think the first time I watched it, first time I watched it through, I could not focus on any kind of subtext. It was just, okay, okay, this is, okay, this is what this episode is. All right. And, yeah. you know, today, like, we're having like one of those weird occasions where Dean and I have technically no work on the same day because he's on staycation. And so like today he actually watched it with me over and over again, instead of me watching it by myself while he's working or something like that. And uh, half the time we watch it once or twice together, usually right before 
we go on. But like this was like woke up this morning and we were like, eh, really, we finished uh, finished whatever we were watching. But like interspersed through that, we watched it together. And um, I think it was like the second or third where I was like, that's such a mo- like a romance movie trope. And he was like, oh, yeah, I, that they, there's a lot of those in here. And, and it made me go, huh. And like the next time I watched it, I was like, oh, 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 oh. Okay. Oh, oh, and then that. Okay. Like, it was just one thing after another. It was so completely perfect. Uh, again, Magruder, like, I don't know what else he's been doing. Like, I want to I see more stuff from him the more I watch the show. He's a sorcerer. Yeah. He is just a genius sorcerer, wizard, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm excited for, you know, the new season. I'm really, really, really yeah. excited to start seeing, you know, some, some pictures from it. Just some, you know, just something. Um, just give us something. Yeah, I want to hear who's doing voices. Right? Yes. Yeah. I think that's that would be the main thing, that's the sure. big thing. Yeah. I want to know who's running yeah. the show because I don't I don't because Magruder just wrote. He created and wrote. He was I think he was he was a listed as a producer, but I don't think he was ever he, he never ran the show. It was like uh, uh-huh. Carl Jones. Uh, um, oh God, no, I can't remember the other guy's name. Uh, but there's like two main showrunners. Uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see how this how this turns out because I you yeah. know they're gonna have if if they go with the same Woodcrest people, I mean somebody else is gonna have to play Ed Wensler, somebody else is gonna have to play Ed the Third. Um, yeah. You know, the last I heard, I mean a year ago, Regina King sounded like she was in. Um, I think she was. I, I bet she, she would. would. Like, but she'd be like, look, she has blown up. around this. But yeah, she's blown yeah. up a lot since that. That yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, yeah, she was on Jamel Hill's uh, her podcast, and that's where she was talking about it. And you know, she she said, "I'm just an actor in this, and whenever they tell me to go, I'll go." And that, but and, yeah. and now again, that like I said, that's a year ago. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that'll happen. But I mean, because I love Regina, she's awesome. Um, but you know, I think I mean she definitely would. I don't think she would allow anybody else to voice those roles. Um, I was always just thinking about grandpa, but I didn't even think about one slur and like, I didn't even That's think about recent. That. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I know they were saying that his, um, like, uh, you know, uh, grandpa's son sounds just like, right. Him. We his talked about life. Yeah. There's, and yeah, there was so. a falling out between, between, uh, JD and, uh, whoever is putting the show together now. We'll see. We're going to keep talking about it, guys. We're going to speak yeah. to I mean, yeah, we know. I, we're going to make an announcement about yeah. it. I mean, so, I do wish whoever was, whoever was making the choice about not, bringing JD in would fall on his sword and say, you know, I'm really sorry. I screwed up. Can we, can right. will you please come work with it? They should beg right. him because yeah. they really, really kind of fucked him over. So, yeah. Yeah. I think if they get that guy out, he would get more backlash. And so it would happen, mm. you know, like more people became aware of what was going on and right. because people want it, like people want it back super bad. So, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, the, I, I mean, know. otherwise, uh, otherwise, yeah. it's going to be. I mean, I could see them in that case just recasting everybody. I mean, if they because yeah. they don't, yeah. they have so many significant names who are now no longer there. I could. Yeah. I mean, they may or just maybe say it's like down the line, like it's in the future when it's Riley and Huey or fifteen years later. Really, well, the, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the pictures that I saw. It's them when they're kids. It, yeah, they're still kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a different style, but yeah, it's still them as kids. Yeah. I think if they got somebody like a Jay Farrow, who is like a mm. great imp- impressionist and impersonator. Ooh, Jay Farrow. That, something like that. I mean, and uh, Orlando if Jones. They do recast. Oh, man, yeah. Orlando yeah. Jones Orlando coming. Jones. Oh, I could see him. Yeah, he, he, I think, yeah. He, I think yeah. he could do a good granddad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I yeah. could. 
I, I like Angry Grand- Granddad. Godfrey. Yep, let's do it. <laughs> Godfrey's really good too. Godfrey is uh, really, really good. Mm. Uh, in person. Yeah. In person. And there's another guy, his name is Cedric. If I'm not mistaken, I saw him through one of the content creators, Kevin, on stage that I watch. I want to say that's his name. Or is it Cedric or Jason? One of the two. Anyway, this <laughs> those are very different like, names. <laughs> totally, totally. But I was like, one of the other popped up. I'll have to, like, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let you guys know. But he is so so talented like he does a great denzel but he, anybody he does is actually really good um yeah jay farrow does a yeah, great think, denzel too so yeah yeah so i think if they ever were to go that route i think they should recast them the essence of those that were hmm. there you know originally if they're going where they're all needed and, you know like t said if they're homage. not all going to be involved then they won't all be you know necessary so yeah We'll see, but Regina King has to come back, like, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, she, yeah. you know, if they, if she should be running the show, honestly. Right? <laughs> Seriously, hey, you never know. She, like I said, she's a boss. Oh, she does a lot of stuff, a lot awesome. of producing and directing. She's, she's so got, she's know. just, she's like me with my number of podcasts. She's just in everything. <laughs> yeah, hey, gotta do it. That's what, hey, what you love to do. Hey, speaking do of it. which, before we uh, move on to like stupid white people question and hmm. stuff, real quick. I know we mentioned in the pre-show, I think we might have mentioned in this actual show that we are looking into doing a podcast on reservation dogs. If you, dear listener, or anyone that you know is indigenous and is interested in uh, joining a podcast about this show, we would very much like to talk to you. Um, we love the show very much and, and have uh, the most respect for absolutely. the people who are, who are creating and the despite show. Despite the fact that uh, my family all believed that there was a lot more native blood in there, it is not enough for me to feel like I can justify <laughs> being the indigenous voice on this. That's not a thing. <laughs> I yeah. I would be. Yeah, yeah, definitely not me. I mean, I'm happy to lend my voice just to talk about the show, but just like this. But yeah, I can't. I w- I can't be the face of this or that. <laughs> so, so we are definitely looking for more uh, indigenous input on that. Get in contact. I mean, I'm sure there's- and hell, I I mean, and it's and the only reason I say that I want to do the show is because there's not one out there. There, I mean, mm-hmm. if yeah. there are indigenous it's a new show, if if there are indigenous podcasters out there. Go watch it. If you haven't seen this show, number one, go watch right. it. Number two, make a fucking podcast out of it because it's awesome And if content. you aren't going to do it, we're going to do it. But we need to find somebody to do it with us because we only want to do it because you're not doing it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I did this. True so, story. <laughs> True story. And, you know, and still, we're still, we're still the only one. So. <laughs> and I know. And send out a tweet ding, about ding, it. Ding, That's one year, right? Beautiful family together. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, well, good luck to you guys there. I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's a little shot out there. All right, Linz, Listen, before guys. white people question, did you have anything else that you wanted to point out in this episode that you can think of? We cover everything. I, 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 one thing I did point out, uh, and I told CR, and I found a picture. The 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 character of J- uh, Jimmy Rebel, he looks like his. I mean, the image of him looks like he was. Ba- he, look, he looks too. like Jer- he looked like Jerry Reed. Now, so yeah. much because Dean's a fan of old country. So yeah. so Jerry and Jerry Reed. So Jerry Reed played Snowman in uh, the 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 eighteen wheeler driver in Smokey and the Bandit. So if you look at him and you look at Jimmy Rebel, you'll notice a very striking similarity. Yeah. He showed me and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Like the only thing different was the hat. The that. Yeah, it's in Wikipedia when you look it up. You're not the only one that, that thought that. You look up the episode, that's that person. Like, yeah, the picture of that person. So that's what yep. the name was when I was. But talking. yeah, Jerry Reed, as, as far as I know, was was not. 
racist. Like, uh, yeah. At least not uh, not overtly like that. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Overtly is exactly. But uh, but Jerry Reed was an ama- also amazing an amazing musician. Uh, played with Chet Atkins a lot, who is also an amazing guitar player. Um, and they would uh, he and Chet Atkins would play, and it was just awesome. So uh, if you have a chance, there, there's a there there's there's a good video of of Jerry Reed playing with Chet Atkins. That's just awesome. Anyway, that's my uh, my little moment of mu- of music. <laughs> I'm sorry. Inside my inside my head, I'm like giggling because like I know that minus the racist overtone, this is the music that you grew up on. Like. <laughs> like oh, yeah. you immediately are like, oh, that sounds like this one. That sounds like this one. Oh yeah. Like that, the only one I recognized, the one that to me sounded like Johnny Cash, but you were even saying it sounded no, like someone that, else. So yeah. The, so because so they in in this episode they had two voices listed uh, voicing Jimmy Rebel. One his singing voice, and one his acting as the character voice. Now most of the singing voice was this very nasally kind of high sound and voice the the one at the end where he's talking about the one good n-word it was he's very deep voiced but he sounded like billy joe shaver now if you ever go listen to billy joe shaver uh, he's squid billies yeah he did the he did the theme song for squid billies and it sounds so much like him and 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 billy joe shaver has lit his voice as for animation before Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't surprise me yeah (laughs) so yeah i but it doesn't say that i I he's not listed on there yeah yeah. he's not listed at all but But yeah it definitely sounds like two different singers uh like two different styles of singing for sure. Yeah. Um, and like, to me, it felt like they were trying to sound like, you know, a generic country song from back in the day. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, how could you not essentially parody Johnny Cash when (laughs) that's what most people, like most people who don't listen to country still know who Johnny Cash is Oh, sure, and still, basically know you know what he what he sounds like because a song or two or or they watch the movie or like or they'll hear it and they go oh yeah i've heard that before i've heard a number of gangster rappers talking about johnny gangster johnny cash gangster shot a man in reno yeah Yeah. no you got mad fucking respect (laughs) like but anyway Anywho's. All right then. How are we? Are we ready for? Uh, I'm ready. If do, you're ready, are you ready? You don't I'm have ready. the thing queued up there. I, I, what do you mean? I, what do you mean? I don't have it queued up. Uh, <gasps> Welcome to stupid white people questions. You mean I'm gonna say this color? Amen. <sighs> yeah. Um. Uh, so. I, you know, I'm 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 finding I'm I, and I'm gonna I'm black folks. If you're out there, I know you've had you've had a number of stupid white people questions sent your way. If you have some, feel free to share them with us. Uh, you'll hear a uh, phone number at the end. You also have our email address. Send us send us your stupid white people questions because we want to use them mm-hmm. uh, because I'm I'm running I'm running low. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's an endless amount that we haven't covered. Or, you know. Yeah, we've, well, we've covered. We'll put out new shout outs for it too, yeah, like yeah. on TikTok and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's been a bit. So, so anyway, today, I, so I went and found one out on Quora because uh, you know there's that's the place where you go mm-hmm. to put put in any questions. But somebody put in a question: Is it racist if I don't want to date outside of my race? Uh, and you know, basically find and there was a backup to say and find other races unattractive. So. What is your non-interest based on, though? If it's based on stereotype, if it's based on 
um, something that is racist, then yes. If it's really just based off of like, when you look at somebody, you don't you know, feel a tingle in your neither regions, or you're not interested to know them in, in a you know, romantic way, it is what it is. Um, but I do, you know, I will tell you, you are missing out on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say, you're bad. If you don't, but <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I made her snort. <laughs> it's like his favorite thing. Mm. <laughs> but no problem if you didn't like it. No skin off my nose. Um, you know, but hey, that's like I said, I, I think it's either it's either rooted in something that you haven't dealt with. Like it is some stereotype or some bias. Um, which won't make you inherently in all the way racist, but yeah, you're in that realm, you're in that neighborhood. Like I said, on the other side, if it's just like, hey, no, I just, you know, for example, I think if it's a guy asking, because I would feel like it would be, um, uh, I think Halle Berry's pretty. And like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you think that the people are attractive naturally, but you're just not attracted to them, then it is, like I said, it is what it is. But I can, okay, so. (laughs) Y'all know that uh, I have been very open about not being around or exposed to a lot of black culture for most of my life. Um, I have never dated a black person. And I don't say that because I've never found a black person attractive because that's not true. I find black people attractive all the time. Just somehow in my life mostly because I meet very few black people in the places that I go and the, where I live and all that. Like it's, it's never, I have never been asked out by a black person. Oh, let me take that back. I have never been respectfully asked out by a black person before. And I say it that way because bus stop for decades, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, right, right. Like, don't hustle me, dude. That's not going to work here. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's not real shit. Like you get to know me and you want to date me. Like I've never had a black person take interest in me and I'm also Demi as fuck. So my whole life, I very rarely will get a crush on somebody without already being a friend with them. So if I don't already have, you know, a, a friend around me, I'm not going to fall for them. It's it's a weird. It and I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's not that you wouldn't have, but well, it's just. I think when I was younger, it was different, though. I think when yeah. I was younger, I was with because I didn't. I'm still coming to terms with the fact that I'm pretty sure that. And my mom and I actually talked a lot about this last week when we were on our trip um, that. the separating me from black culture was intentional that my dad did not want me to be black. And, um, I think that without even realizing that I had picked up on all of that, it just, it never entered in my head to date a black person because I'm not a part of that culture. I'm not a part of that, whatever. Um, you know, I was, I was actually talking to my therapist about this the other day because it bothers me that I've, I've had that experience that I can honestly say I've never dated a black person. And I cannot say that about just about any other race, you know? Um, so I don't know. It's also, I don't have the option of dating within my race because I am so, you know, jumbled up together that like when I, when I was younger and would get shit from, you know, white people for dating out of my race, I'd be like, okay, then who should I date? Because I'm black, white, native, Etc. Like, there's so much shit in there that until DNA testing a couple of years, a year ago, two years ago, 
whatever. Like, we didn't know, you know? It, yeah. So. Well, yeah, that's what I think, you know, like for me, you know, where I grew up, when I started liking people or like, you know, liking opposite sex, it was all, you know, they were all white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, I mean, like I said, my very first like serious crush was definitely Joey from freaking New Kids on the Block. <laughs> and, you know, so yeah. it was just, I think it was um, more of exposure to what I saw on TV and then who I was around and whatnot. Not that I didn't think anybody once you know, that was black was not attractive and that lost my virginity to somebody black. So that wasn't it. But I think for me is that um, I understood my attraction, understood that it, it could be somebody black, could be somebody white, could be somebody Mexican. There probably is only one that I haven't. And that's not because I'm racist against them, but that's just not when I look at, that's just not my preference. Um, but not saying that they're all not that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't blame you for, you know, and I don't think anybody should. Anybody should be like, oh, no, how could she never say that? Because there's people that are fully black, darker than I am, full black, that have never dated somebody that's of the same race. And whether that is influence, whether that's environment, whether that's their 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 choice. Like I said, it's. Is it a it conscious should, choice or is it, you yeah. know, your yeah. laws of attraction? Like, yeah, exactly. So, who were you yeah. exposed to during your your sexual discovery? Like when when you were starting to yeah. form yeah. those feelings yeah. and what your preferences would be? Like, was it based on you were excluded from this? You were disencouraged from yeah. you know yeah. that, that part, yeah. or yeah. like you know? I know that uh, I don't know for sure it, that it wasn't until my dad was out in this area that he dated white people, but. I'll be perfectly honest with you. My dad was a player and every single one of his girlfriends was black before he started dating in my mind. Cause I, he didn't keep pictures of any of them uh, up until my mom, basically. Um, yeah. Although technically he was on a date with her sister and she decided that he would be better for my mom. Yeah. I know yours comes from, you know, exposure experience. Maybe this person's question does as well, but I don't think you would ever ask yourself, are you were you racist because you have it or you know what you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like i don't uh, I mean, a question. so for me that's a red that's not a red flag but that is what makes me say well there's something rooted in that if that's what your yeah. concern is that'd be like that's just not what i'm talking well, and, and the inverse so. of that is just because you're dating someone outside of your race doesn't mean you're not racist facts <laughs> actual, actual. Mm-hmm. because yeah i've i've dated a few racists that was fun you know i was yeah. i was a good one Right. <laughs> That's why I was like, I have so many feelings you're about this episode because I have been told that I was, oh, you're not like other black people, or you're, oh, you're, you're, you're really a white person. You just like, or what was it that uh, in the episode, um, you know, oh God, did I have to oh, write that, it down? That uh, rebel said beneath about your skin. Yeah, beneath your skin, you're as white as the whitest man. Oh, yeah. white as any white man. Yeah. 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 That's not. A, that's well, not. A saying, I know, but you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, you're boo. Um, I would like to ask to reread the question one more time because there's layers to this yes. shit and I so, want to get it right. So, yeah. There, so and I didn't leave. I, I just did the main question. There was a it was kind of a backup side question. Is, is it racist if I don't want to date outside my race? And then or, or and then the side was like, or if I find other races unattractive. I think it was something along those lines. Yeah, but yeah. let's not focus on that yet, because that is sure. more of an of. a Yeah. Yeah. That could be a secondary question, like sure. another week's question, actually. Yeah. But yeah. So to get into the first part, is it racist if I don't want to date outside of my race? I would mm-hmm. say no, it's not. Because 
when you get in an interracial relationship, I'm sure from your very existence, Mm -hmm. Tiara is going to understand this, Mm -hmm. but you are going to catch a lot of flack Mm -hmm. from all, everybody, all races, Mm -hmm. all sides of the aisle, everybody. So if you're saying like, listen, I kind of don't want to take on the stress of society judging me, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to deal with the cultural bumps because Mm -hmm. I've talked about this on Trash Talking Podcast. And my husband is probably as woke as you're going to fucking get. But there were times, even with the latest Black Lives Matter movement, where he and I would would bump heads about things like I very much wanted to get out there and protest. But he's like, you are you are a sick little fuck. You can't you can't get out. There. <laughs> That's Dean. Yep. That was Dean. He, yeah. he would be like, yep. you are, you're not leaving the house, honey. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I know no. you want to be out there, but I'm not going to let then, you go. And then I couldn't leave because I needed to you know, be here for her. And so. <laughs> if he exposed himself and then to COVID and then came back with COVID, it could kill me because, you know, anyway, and, and there ahead, were Lindsay. other things too, though. Oh no, you guys are good. I mean, that's the point. Like, let's all get in on this. But there were other things too, though, even like things where I would be like, yo, are you serious? Are you really saying this shit to me? Da, 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 da. I mean, but with him, I can have conversations and, and we can come to a new arrival, but I can understand very easily a white person or a black person or a Korean person and a Chinese person or any kind of different ethnicity saying relationships are hard enough. I really don't want to take on the stressors that come with dating outside of my culture or ethnicity. That's one thing though. It's another thing, right? It's one thing to say, I don't want to deal with the stress of dating outside of my race Mm -hmm. or ethnicity. It's another thing to say, I would never date outside of my race or ethnicity. And I'm not trying to call anyone out. If you're listening to this, I love you to pieces and you know who you are, but I love you to pieces. Mm -hmm. I had friends, multiple friends in college where this conversation came up in the group. And this is all right. This is now this white people, black people, it's Puerto Rican people. Like we're all having this conversation and it came up. And some of my friends were saying they didn't mind smashing outside Mm -hmm. of their race. Oh, they loved it, but that they would never marry outside of their race. Mm -hmm. Now, to me, that is racist because we're good enough for you to mate with or, you know, have fun with. My friends in Korea told me that was a thing in Korea. And I'm not speaking for Korean people or or anything like that or that saying this is the norm there. But this Mm -hmm. is what this bartender who I used to hang out with there told me that the Korean policy was generally play with whoever you want. We don't care. Like we really don't care about race or any of that shit. You play however you want, wherever you want, but you marry Korean. And he was saying that in reference to other Asian people. Like he wasn't even talking about like black people and stuff. Play play how you want. But when it comes time to bring him or her home, you better bring him or her home as a Korean. Mm -hmm. So and there's a lot me. of cultures that that are like that. Nigerians, our brother does say the same yeah. thing that yeah. he would have to marry Nigerian, but for him it goes back to his parents that that's to make his parents happy type yep. deal. Yep. Yeah. I have a girlfriend yeah. who 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 dealt she married a Nigerian man and I know that has been some friction because she is not she's um from Guyana. So I know there is some friction there and his family is working on themselves, which is beautiful. And, you know, but it's stress for her. And then she told me even being um, Guyanese, like, because, you know, there's the Indian descent and like um, 
you know, the guy, the part of you that's like, you know, Southern American and stuff like that, like that, that is a whole bubble of issues itself that has caused her a lot of trauma. So I just like, I don't want to deal with this shit. I get that. But if you are out here smashing and saying you won't marry someone though, yeah, you might want to, you know, check your heart out. If you, I I can still understand where your stressors might be, but uh, you're kind of walking the line, but you know, your heart, just like I know my heart. So I can't say you're a racist, but I am going to give you a little bit of a side eye there to say you're just not attracted to, I'm sorry, go ahead. I don't want to keep Keep talking. No, 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 and that's what I'm I fully agree. I mean, yeah. you know, my oldest son, my 23 year old, he is, you know, half white. And I definitely understand what you're talking about, about the struggle. But I also say people are going to talk about you anytime. Yeah. Like, it's always going to be hard. So, what for me is knowing that I've raised a son who knows that, okay, I may be, you know, lighter in color and whatnot, but I'm still to the world, I'm a black man. And so, I'm going to make sure that I understand what it means to be that black man, even though, you know, he does have. Like he, we we make jokes. Like he always says, "Mom, ooh, you you're seasoning. What the, was that pepper?" I'm like, "Yes, son, only pepper." And you know, <laughs> like, other side, that is the other side, I can't handle that. But we make jokes. But still, like I said, he knows who he is. His girlfriend, who's very much in love with blonde hair, blue eyes. I don't care. I just I see how good they are together and how much he loves her, and I don't have a problem with it. You know. But going back to my mother, who's like, "Well, don't you want him to have somebody that looks like you?" I don't care. Like one, that'd be weird. Are you talking about skin tone or are you talking about looking? <laughs> That's weird. But my thing is overall is having him be happy because I'm not going to be there, you know, to be with him when, you know, later, you know, later mm-hmm. in life. So I definitely understand that. But I feel like people, if people are really so afraid of what uh, everybody else has to say, fuck up, get like, grow some more balls, do something like life is always going to be hard and people are always going to talk about you. But that also goes back to my, you're missing out because Interracial, I think, love and children are probably one of the most beautiful things that this world can experience and that it has to give back to us, you know? Uh, So it's too bad, you know, no matter, it's like I said, too bad for them because you might be missing out on the best vagina or penis of your life. (laughs) Don't want to know that. So you're bad. (laughs) Somebody else's opportunity. Now, to get into the other half of it, though. I'm not attracted to black people. I'm not attracted to white people, whatever. If that's really your feeling, like um, MJ was just saying, you don't get the tingles, whatever, that's fine. But first of all, black people, as you were just saying about your son or look at Tiara, look at all three of us. We come in a plethora of shades and colors. Yeah, my mom, not a monolith. <laughs> my mom and my sister are, I, I, I make jokes with them all the time and call them house and words. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, just, just, just joking. Yeah. <laughs> they know I'm fucking joking though. And stuff like that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's fun and games with us. Like, yeah, um, that's what we do. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's it, how we've been able to get over so much shit. We at least you're not calling them Toby. Crack, we do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but like they know, we all know it's all fun again. And we are all of the same because we have done ancestry. And my mom is, uh, is all of us just like 25% European, 70, 74% African and 1% Native American. Mm. Wow. But we are all genetically. That's, pretty yeah, much. that's actually that's the thing that I found out recently that like blows my mind. Like I'm I'm couple percent I'm Ashkenazi Jewish. Jew. <laughs> like that's cool to me. My my mom had no idea, but it's like my mom's grandfather or something. I, I'd have to look, but yeah. My thing is that you may meet 
Sally Joe at the grocery store and you may be like, damn, that's the finest bitch I've ever seen. And, you know, you're a white guy. You went to Cornell. You live a waspy <laughs> life. And then, you know, Sally tells you, oh, I, oh, I'm black. And you're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, bitch. Because we come in a plethora of colors, eye colors, hair colors. My, I wear these gray contacts, but my auntie had gray fucking eyes and all of her kids have green. Well, most of her kids have green eyes. Like there's, so if you're going to get into, oh, I'm not attracted to black people, honey, you haven't met all of the black people out there. Right. Right. You're excluding based on what you're assuming is happening. And that's what makes it racist. You're assuming that somebody is like this. Because of their skin color. I mean, you you can also look at it. I mean, look at it in the sexuality way. Mm -hmm. Am am I I homophobic if I don't want to date another man? No, I'm just, I'm straight. (laughs) Or mostly, anyway. (laughs) I mean, I have not yet found anybody that has made me feel that way. (laughs) But you don't exclude it. No, I don't exclude it. So, yeah, it's the same same principle. Hotz agree. Yeah. And understanding that it can be... Go ahead. I have a fraternity brother whose both his parents are like brown skin or for the most part light skin black and he he would pass for white. We have a white fraternity brother we always say is darker than the black fraternity brother because that's how light he is like <laughs> and literally he's not mixed at all. It's both his parents are black and he just came out with a lighter shirt. That's like those two twin black girls that, mm-hmm. that are one black, one's very one, white. <laughs> one basically has a skin tone like me, yeah. and the other one is very pale yeah. and looks like, you know, an extra from like Anne of Green Gables or something. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Like I I am like those those two gorgeous. Like you can tell by the skin or not the skin, the hair texture in, in the lighter. Like you can definitely tell that she got black hair. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. then she would definitely be a Jasmine. Yeah. 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 That's actually a good way to put that. Thank you. But was, even still, there is white people who have that black hair. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They are just definitely. European straight up and have that the same texture, 4C curls and all that. Like y'all playing a dangerous game when you say this shit. Yep. Same. Right. Can confirm. All right. All right. Anything else? Uh, a lovely three hour episode. <laughs> if you've been, if you are one of our Patreon patrons, it's a three-hour episode. If it's not, you're or, like you have like I mean, an hour and a half. I mean, you could have watched it. You, you could also it. watch it, you know, or re- watch it. So, right, this is going to be on YouTube or something, yeah, right? It will be on YouTube. Yes, <laughs> it'll be on Facebook uh, and YouTube. All right then. So, okay, y'all got anything coming up? You wanna, you wanna like, woo woo. <laughs> No? None more than normal, and we're on almost three hours, so yeah. I'll shout yeah. it out. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks again to Damon for joining us last week and yeah, yeah. covering for uh, for us. Um, make sure you check out our merch because we have uh, really cute T-shirts and shit that you can buy yeah. that have like us on it, and we're awesome. So yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got and, I got uh, I got ours this. Uh, I just almost this last wore week. mine today, but then I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna be uh, that person I, who wears the con the the band shirt to the concert I'm I, going to. I, if I had not, if I had <laughs> already I'm worn mine when I get mine. Yeah, if I'm, I, if, getting, I'm wearing mine this week. Hell yeah. I mean, if I had already worn mine a couple of times, <laughs> that my, I got I my disputed one. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Hell yeah. Is it my, is it my turn? Is it my turn tonight? No, it's, it's, it's okay. T's on, T's okay. on the okay. outro. Okay. All right. 
All right. All right. We'll see you all soon. Thank you for joining us and happy anniversary. We love you. Happy anniversary. Love yeah, you yeah, guys. Love you. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for Stink Meter 3, Hatocracy. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondotspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondotspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Binger. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube. 